Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. For those who's not here, we can get it recorded. I will go ahead and take this to the next place. That is not the right reference on there whatsoever, but that is the right scripture. So the reference we're going to is Psalms 37, 1 through 4. Um, hang on to that. 137. My plan here with this, um, that hopefully this, I think he's got those right. He just don't have the, the reference to them right. So we're going to be reading, reading Psalms 137, 1 through 4, and I, my hopes is I'm going to talk, kind of lay a foundation, talk about this. This is a subject, somebody give me. So, um, and once we get, once I kind of lay out some stuff, I encourage you to write questions down. Um, if possible, kind of wait till I get to the end. I'm, I'm hoping just be, you know, not as long as what we usually do on my part. <clears throat> and then once I get there, we'll just do just some discussion. Now, if it's just something all in the middle of, middle of what I'm saying, you're just like, just throw your hand up and say, hang, hang on a second. <laughs> do that, <clears throat> all right? And we'll go from there. Um, I want you guys to challenge me to stretch my mind, to stretch me to, uh, it's, hopefully it's going to do, do two different things. It's going to, help you with something you may be dealing with, and also help me to dig deeper into the Word to find answers to maybe some uncommon questions or things that we just don't always deal with in church. So that's the whole purpose of this. So Psalms 137, 1, 4 through 4 says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps on the willows in the midst thereof. For there... They that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing unto us the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Um, today, we're going to be talking about Life 101 hangups. So, I want to read this scripture. It's kind of going to be the theme of this whole thing. The thief, it's John 10, 10. That's probably why Jacob got that text um, reference down there and told him this and too. So the thief coming not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and life more abundantly. We don't want to be living that Christian life like that dwindling, trickling stream that barely gives evidence of any kind of existence, but we want to have a life that's overflowing with spiritual blessings living redeemed peace and joy and power. And this is why we want to kind of change this. This is going to be a learning process for both of us. I really want this to, to be good. I even, I even had a suggestion that, uh, hey, we could take turns take, bringing some breakfast and things. I, that would be great, but not up here. If we can work it out to where we can be downstairs, I think that would be great. Or in another setting. So I, I'd love that setting. So... That's my goal. That's what I'm shooting for. We're trying to get to that spot. But in this place, I want us to learn to, together, 
how to live life on purpose. And even though I may be in this position, I don't always live life on purpose like I should. And I've been talking about a 21-day fast. I'm starting that today. I'm starting mine off first with social media. So I'm going to be off on that for a little while. Um, if you see me post anything from the church pages because it's a business page and you can't scroll it. The only thing I see is interactions with the church. So don't think, well, Brother Orton said he wasn't going to be on Facebook and, and there he is. No, that's, I'm going to be going from the church page and all I get there is comments to that church page and I can post from that church page. So, but today uh, we're going to talk about in this Life 101, dealing with hangups. So let me open it up like this. Um, oh, wow. Let me open it up in a different way than this because it's not actually on here. So I have to download it. But anyway, let's, um, let me open it up like this while I'm doing this. I can do this. Um, our lives get so crazy and hectic in so many different kinds of ways. And it's so easy for us to um, get hang-ups in our life. And now as I was thinking about this, I thought, what would be kind of a good example, something that we can uh, compare this to? And I got to thinking, I'm a, I love to fish. And I know Brother David does some fishing. Anybody else out there like fish? Anybody? Y'all don't, so, well, hopefully it'll, uh, hopefully this example will make sense to you after I get to talking. Hey, all right. Good to see Sister Lisa and Autumn come in, so. So, with that said, I got class going on already down there, so you can head down that way if you want. Um, I'm trying to get my thing connected here because I lost some of my info, but I know this story that I'm going to here, so, um, but anyway, <clears throat> the, I, I love to fish, and in fishing, one of the worst things that you can deal with in fishing is, you find the, unfortunately, here's the thing. The best places that you can find fishing is usually the place that you're going to find more hang-ups than anywhere else. Because the fish like to hang out in that, that spot where all these hang-ups are at. It gives them cover. It gives them places to, to go to. And it, so they just kind of hang out there. So in fishing, I went to these places. And it's like, if I could just get where I want to be here, I could catch more fish. But I'm having trouble getting there because i got so many places I'm getting hung up. And life, unfortunately, the best place that we want to be in life, there's a lot of hang-ups that keeps us from getting there. We, we like to pray more. We like to be better efficient in so many different areas. But we run into these hang-ups in life. And... I just, as I was thinking about it, I think, man, that's, I, I remember going fishing and, and like, man, if I could just get that, that bait to drop in the right spot. But every time I do, it get hung up. So the best way to deal with that is you have to change your approach. You either got to go to a different bait, 
lighter bait or maybe go to the top of it. But the best way to kind of overcome them hang-ups, because here's the deal. Our greatest victory, what we want in our life, I feel like most times, in my opinion, that we have to somehow go through that hang-up because on the other side of that hang-up is a place that's going to give us our victory. So, and so in the aspect pertaining to this subject of hang-ups, hang-ups in the spiritual sense here, it's an emotional problem. It's a hitch. It's a rub. It's a snag. It's an unforeseen object. It's something you didn't know was coming at you, but all of a sudden you're like, ugh, I'm getting hung up on it. Or something, every time you try to, you think, well, I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to, but I get hung up every time I go. We all deal with different types of hang-ups that hold us back from walking in this more abundant life that we want. I think this is a great subject. I really like it. And, um, but here's the thing. All of our hang-ups are different. And we all got them, all right? Even though I may be pastor, I got hang-ups. Even though you may be first time you're walking church, we got hang-ups. You've been here in church for years. And our hang-ups, you know, they may be addictions. Substance addicted to subjects, uh, substance like nicotine, alcohol, drugs. Well, some people's addicted to spending and gaming and internet games and social media and pornography. We all have it. And then we've got hang-ups that's, that's bitterness. It's unforgiveness. It's our unhealthy relationships that we're, we're stuck with, our unhealthy cycles, or our negative, our anger. We could go on with millions of other things that, that cause us hang-ups that lead us to feeling stuck, hopeless, or like we're in bondage. And unfortunately, a lot of times it makes us feel like we're in bondage to our own choices. And sometimes it is. And sometimes it's not our choice. We're in bondage to somebody else's stuff. Or we're just in bondage to the circumstances of life. And we feel like we can't break free. But none of those are more powerful, so powerful that God cannot overcome them. But the problem with hang-ups is they feel like they trap you and you can't get beyond it. And no doubt, it's easy to believe that you're stuck and we can't get out of it. I want us to look at a man who was stuck in the worst-case scenario during Jesus' time to help us with this today. Luke 8, 26 through 29 says, And they, speaking of Jesus and the disciples, arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he, speaking of Jesus, went forth in the land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils a long time, were no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in tombs. He saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I beseech thee, torment me not. And he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and fetters. And he broke the bands, and he was driven out the devil into the wilderness. So, we found, we find a guy. We see this person. We see these, these hang-ups. What they lead is to pain. They lead to loss. They lead us to isolation. This guy had some hang-ups. We don't know what led this man to the point that he was at, but we know the consequences. He was an outcast in every way. He was broken. He was poor. 
He was ashamed, alone, and he was controlled by the evil that was inside him. It absolutely seemed hopeless. And his hang-up led to an increasing dysfunction in his life and pain. Now, I don't think any of us here are at that point yet. I hope not. But if we allow our allow hang-ups to persist unchecked in our life, these are the possible predictable results that we may end up that. And if you see somebody in that place, it usually kind of starts at them places where these hang-ups. And the more we ignore our hang-ups, the more pain we'll, we'll, we'll experience, the sooner we'll... Uh, but the sooner we can seek to get some change, the sooner freedom can come to our lives. And here's the problem with our hang-ups, though. We oftentimes cannot overcome them by ourselves. Because our human efforts have, we have limited power to change ourselves. And I'm not preaching, I'm just kind of being slow, laying a foundation, and I'm hoping also to, to and I'm not telling you right now I'm the authority with this, by no means, the Word of God is. And, but just in looking at it and studying, kind of preparing to, the subject somebody gave me here to, to help bring out some things, if you get a question, write it down, okay? And, and we'll try to hit that in just a minute. And, but people tried to help this man, but they didn't have no luck. And no doubt their, their efforts to try to get this man contained, it proved to not last very long to the point that his hang-ups, whatever he was dealing with, we don't know what got him there. We have no idea. But eventually he became an outcast, and he was running around naked in the tombs. It's basically... Uh, that is in Luke chapter 8, 26, is that what it said? 26 through 29. That's kind of where that story, now that story is found in some other places also. But according to this verse, 29, that spirit took control of him. And it placed him, they put chains and shackles on him, but he just broke them off. He was just completely under the demon's power. And our world today is filled with this endless uh, self-driven attempts to deal with the hang-ups that we have in our life. From self-help books, their seminars, yoga. <laughs> you, you can Google and you'll find endless searches online. There's no shortage of opinion of how to overcome our hang-ups. Now, no doubt these strategies can be very helpful, but... Only to a point. And how many of you, dealt, I know I have, dealt with some hang-ups in your life that you've tried self-help books for it. You've tried this and you've tried that, but yet, I'm still here. Because if something like that can't help you, it's because that spirit, it's a spiritual hang-up and there's a spiritual root. And a human effort cannot solve the spiritually driven problem. So it has to be a spiritual help. But there is hope because Jesus, Jesus' power is greater than our worst-case scenario. Amen. And I know it's, it's cliche, you know, just Jesus to fix it. Well, I just finished reading a powerful book called um, Controlling the Man in the Basement or something like that. But it's really good. It's something he had an anger problem. Got married his wife after been married a few months. He says two things he hated. He dealt with anger all his life is for somebody to slam the door in his face and for somebody to yell at him. His wife done both. 
He ought to have him slam the door in his face. Big guy stuck his hand through the door, unlocked the door, <laughs> went in and said, let's finish this conversation, scared her to death. Next day, she said, I'm not living like this. We got to do something. Well, he had this hang up in his whole life that led him to this anger all the time. So he went to his pastor this several years ago. And I'll be honest, this has been my thinking with so many things in life. And it's not always the answer, okay? I'll, he went to his pastor and said, hey, look, my wife's fixing to leave me. I got an anger problem. What can I do? He said, well, you should need to go to the altar and pray through. That doesn't always fix it, okay? That going to the altar and praying through the Holy Ghost doesn't always fix our hang-ups. So what do we do? Our hang-up might not be the worst. It could be yet. But if we allow it to continue down that road, it could be. Every person that's demon-possessed started up with something small that led to that place. But even in that scenario, this story, the power of Jesus is big enough for us to overcome and set us free. What did Jesus say in our, our theme of this? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. So what did Jesus do? First thing, what happened? The man went running to Jesus despite everything in his life and he worshipped him. No matter what you're going through in life, we have to worship through it to get beyond the hang And this is what happens when you go through that thing. Now, I feel the Spirit of the Lord prompted me with this. When you go through that, if even though you feel naked like this man, you feel chained and bound, when we can see Jesus and we feel him, we go running to him and we worship him in spite of it. Look what Jesus done in, in Luke 8 and 30. Jesus demanded to know what the name of the devil was on the inside. When you go to him and, and you begin to worship, you know, he, and he replied, Legion. He's filled with demons. And the demons begged him to not send them out, but they have no Jesus has more authority than them, okay? So, and I don't know, this is the extreme case. I would think that none of us is there. But Jesus showed his power and helped him overcome that challenge in his life. And what it does, it shows us that he's not only has the power to deal with underlying spiritual issues, but he also has the ability to change a person's life in very practical and very tangible ways. So, whatever we're facing, Jesus can and wants to set us free. Now, back to my opening verse that I had up here. Um, how, how, does overcome, how do we overcome some hang-ups? So let me just give us some practical ways here. That's not originally mine. It's actually, if you've never heard of Mr. Sister Vesta Mangan, you probably can search YouTube and find this sermon she preached that's called uh, Hang Up Your Hang-Ups. She preached a powerful sermon, Hang Up Your Hang-Ups. And this is some excerpts, some, some stuff from her. In this scripture that I read by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down, we wept. Basically said, we hanged up our hearts on a willow tree. Children of Israel found themselves slavery. Babylon had carried them away captive. Babylon's the type of the world we live in today. But they hung up their harps in a willow tree which is kind of a type and shadow of us hanging up our worship and not worshiping. Even though they were in a strange land, this goes right along with what Jesus happened with the, the man in the tombs. But when he, began, when he worshiped, it helped him get beyond it. 
So this is kind of where this is. And we found them that they hung up their harps because they was captivity. They thought we can't sing in a strange land. Look, we're never going to feel at home in this world long for a child of God. They were tired. They were weary. They were, were tired of fighting. But we live in a world where there is conflict. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? There's pain. There's sickness. There's death. All that results and brings us sorrow and tears. And so much is going on in life. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 6, 10 through 11, be strong in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's going to fight us. And the world system and our flesh overwhelms us and it robs us of the promise that we can have victory. And we feel like we can't go out and get, get any farther, but it, it has many people enslaved with Guilt and shame and nervousness. I've tried. What's the sense of trying again? Can you imagine how this guy in the tombs probably felt? He didn't get there overnight. No doubt. Whatever his issue. To the point where people totally drove him away. He had hung up his harp in the willow tree. And the end time forces, they're out to destroy us. And they have even gone as far as tempting some to just end it all. Take their life. For sure, quit living for God. But the first thing we need to do to help us get beyond our hang-ups is we have to stop talking negative. I believe that. Let's stop talking negative. That's not always an easy thing. I know that. Um, honestly, I probably don't know it as well as others because by nature, I'm not a negative person. My wife could help you more with that because by nature, she is the negative person. So we hope to balance each other out with that. But uh, whatever our circumstances, our problems, our hurts, or pains, that's what we need to hang up, not our harps. And it's, it's easy, though. But, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've been dealing with a lot of different struggles with some things in, in um, areas of my world. <laughs> and it's easy to get on that negative train and just row with it, right? Uh, but if we're going to get over the hang-ups, uh, Sister Manga was talking about this. She said, we need to rediscover what our weapons are. Our harps are our weapons. And then we need to take them down and we need to sing again. Jesus said, 10, Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the Bible tells us we've got power to overcome the enemy and nothing's going to hurt us. We have that power, but something's convinced us that we don't. I'm, I'm almost done and we'll, we'll try to talk about it here. Hopefully, I want you to talk with me, okay? But all this stuff is coming against us in the end time. God can and will help us withstand because we know there's a name. This is the first thing we need to help us get beyond us. We have a name that's above every name. At the name, there's victory over sin, disease, and sickness. Colossians 3 and 17 lets us know what's what we're doing, word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name is a powerful, mighty weapon that we have. It's a powerful name. Let's start using the name no matter where. If you're, if you're struggling, 
Open the door in the name of Jesus. Crank your car in the name of Jesus. Brush your teeth in the name of Jesus. I'm just, when we do that, we apply it so much, not to the point where we're just disreverence, but then we also, something that, that's something Sister Mangan said, we need to use that word, use the name. She said, but also there's power in the word. God's word is so powerful, but the word is not powerful if we don't use it. We have to speak the word. If you don't know what to pray, open the word of God up. Find some scriptures and begin to pray the word of God. I have been to that place. I didn't know how to pray, so I prayed the word of God. To speak it, we must read it, but know it and read it. So that's why we need to read it every day. Put it in our heart. And let's don't run from our problem. Um, I thought this is a unique way that she put it. She said, kneel beside your problem and stay there until you get an answer. And this is our generation has a trouble with persevering longing, long time. Daniel persevered in his prayer. We see this in the word of God. He, he couldn't get the answer. What did he do? He kept praying. He kept praying. You, you thought maybe Daniel might have prayed enough. He could have kept him quiet for 30 days when he said, you're not going to pray to nobody. But Daniel knew, I can't do that. We have to keep praying. Keep, hold the name. Keep the word. Keep praying. Daniel didn't stop. And then we also have to stand on the promises of God. And he's going to take us through it. We cannot hang up our promises. It's easy when you get caught in these hang-ups thinking, what's the use? I can't get beyond this. How can that promise ever come to me? It can. They're still there. Because God has promised that he would be with us all the way to the end. And then there's the power of the blood. Something you used to see all the time, old timers do, that you don't hear about it no more. It's plead the blood of Jesus. Anybody ever heard of that before, plead the blood of Jesus? The blood cleanses us from sin. And we shouldn't be tormented with something that happened yesterday, the day before, or any other time. Plead the blood and get whatever it is that's bothering us under the blood as fast as we can. Because I'm going to tell you, everybody's hurting, all right? Even that one pretending like they're not hurting is hurting. Everybody has hang-ups. But God has given us, according to studies, about 7,000 promises. And there's no reason why anybody should be hurting, but yet we still do. And God's power begins... Listen to this. This is something Sister Mangan says powerful. God's power begins where our limitations leave off. And we have to just hang up our hang-ups. Um, let me just jump on past some of this. Where I'm, I'm going to get to a spot here. Here's, here's the thing with the hang-ups. We think it's our limitation. But the truth of the matter is, what you're dealing with, your hang-up is really what God wants to give you the greatest victory in your life. Because listen to this story. Our hang-ups can propel us to greatness. After the man with a legion was set free, his future completely changed. His struggles, all this stuff he is dealing with, now become an asset to be used by God. All right? What did he do? He said, Jesus, I want to go with you. 
You know what Jesus said? No. You stay here. You go back. Go back to your family. Go back to your village and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went through his town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done. And we might think our hang-ups, or even if we overcome it, it's always going to hold us back. But it doesn't have to. God wants to use our past and our pain to not only give us a new outlook on life, but also to help others who may be struggling with what you're dealing with as well. So, that's just kind of, as I was studying, looking, and what I found, now, I didn't throw the subject out there, but after I got to looking, I was like, wow, we all deal with this. So, um, this man, say this one thing, this man that God, Jesus delivered the tomb, what it done, it moved him to a point of spiritual maturity. And then he became impassionately engaged with other people. So, I have said this part of it. I've seen some of y'all writing, jotting, thinking. So, questions, comments, let's talk about it. That's the whole point of this thing. Let's talk about it. Learned, I think, is a big thing. Learned. I think it's a big thing. Confidence or ability has been cut out of a lot of people's lives. Yeah. I do think that's a, a thing is we've learned that this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. And culture, uh, family cultures is different. There's a family culture, there's, but there's also a spiritual culture that God wants. And I think that's a challenge of what the church needs to do. And this is what I'm hoping these things will do. We can break that. Which is not always me talking, but that's why I want. And it may be a question. You may, maybe you've been, so just... Come on, Chastity, I see you. I see Barry's listening. Go ahead.
Yeah. Yeah. And then that and I I think that's I think that's a big thing that happens with it says you said it then the guilt and the shame, and that's what creates that snowball. And um, I think worship, I think that's our natural thing. It's the natural tendency, this is my opinion, it's my, our natural tendency that when we fail or mess up, our first response is to, because the devil's hitting us, is to do that. But we have to somehow teach ourselves, learn ourselves, and it's not an easy process, I know that, to let our first response or even a response real quick would be, okay, God, it doesn't matter what I've done. You're still God. He's worthy of praise. And we go ahead and praise him anyway. And it doesn't, and I think that's probably the problem we deal with our hangups probably is we don't realize that the devil gets it mixed around where we try to make it think about it. It's about us, but it's not. It's about him. No matter whether you're a sinner or the person who's the most holiest there is, we all have to praise him. So even if we do mess up, that's why I think the scripture says a righteous person falls seven times, yet they will arise. So here's my question to you. When you've done that, does that mean you're not righteous? Okay. I understand that. I understand that feeling because I've been there before. But here's the question. Why did he say the righteous man falls seven times? Yet he rises. So here's the, here's the other question I got for you. What is sin? Well, what is sin? Because here, here's the thing. Because here's what happens, I think. This is the thing. What is sin? Sin is anything that goes against what God wants us to do. Against the Word of God. Now, obviously, this thing that you're dealing with, you feel strongly that it's a sin. We've all been in that place. Now, here's the other question. What's the difference between sin and a sinner? Because here's the difference. There is a difference between a sinner and a child of God. So many people expect the child of God to be perfect, and we're not. We think the child of God should never sin. That's not true. Because on our best day, we will sin. Now, here's the difference between the sinner and the child of God who sins. You recognize you messed up. That's why the Bible says, I think it's John 1, 9. We, we can go back to Jesus and ask him for forgiveness, and he'll forgive us. Anything you ask him. So, oh, God, what have I done? Because, honestly, we get caught 
We're emotional people. Sister Janie just said it earlier. Oh, why worry about all that? You're, you're a mama. You're dealing with kids that are in situations you don't like. It's right? hard to talk to them about God in the home because they've all got, oh, well, I did this today. This is not about that right now. And guess what that does to mama? You're outnumbered, sis. No wonder you have <laughs> But see, what's that do, though? You're a mama, you're a wife, so the natural part of you, your emotions, your humanity, of course you're going to get upset. Of course you're going to have issues. It's the same way, thing with you. you know, you're in a whole different situation. You're by yourself. Your mama just passed away. Um, your son's living beside of you. You like the relationship a little better, so you're also full of emotions. So what happens when we're full of emotions we turn to, I guess for lack of a better word, to the beggarly elements of life to sustain us. And then once, and I've been there, it's like, why did I do that? Now, this is probably a poor example, but I used to deal with a lot of athletes' feet. And I'd go hunting, fishing a lot, and get deer ticks. And I know you've probably been there. Uh, some of you, if you've been out in the woods or anything, and all of a sudden your foot's itching, and all of a sudden you're like, you get a sock, and you know the whole time you're doing this, I'm going to pay for this. But it feels so good at that moment because it peels to the flesh and makes you feel good. And that's, that's how it is with fussing somebody out, whatever it may be, any kind of addiction we're dealing with. But the difference has, this is what I think will help you get beyond it. This is my opinion, I guess. But I think there's a biblical backing with it. Is once something like that happens, to separate you from being the child of God and the righteous person who falls seven times, just because you fall doesn't mean you're not righteous. Laying there and continuing in that cycle will throw you into that sinner realm. But when you realize, oh, I messed up, that's when you get up and say, God, I'm so sorry I messed up. I'm human. I know I've done this 10 times this year, and I'm so sorry, but I really, really don't want to do this. Help me with this. But no matter what, God, you're still God, and I still love you. Because that is the example of what the man who he tried everything there was, his hand led him to that place. I think the number one key with that is worship. And is that easy? No. It's not. But it is the key. Just like I was talking about with the fishing. Well, I could fish. I'm a crappie fisherman. I love the crappie fish. So um, The crappie are usually in a bunch of brush or structure and all this kind of stuff. So I could fish over here where there's nothing going to hang me up, but I'm never going to catch nothing. But if I fish in a brush, I'm going to get hung up. So I have to learn to deal with the hang-up to be able to get the, the big crappie or any crappie. And this is the same thing. Yet, well, if I, if I want and I know you want to be everything God's got you to be, but you feel, uh, uh. but unfortunately, you may have to just continue to deal with that. To the point where finally God says, okay, yeah, she wants to, I'm going to take this out. And I hope it's not that situation, but Paul did say, Lord, 
I've asked you three times about this thing, and it's still a thorn in my flesh. So I think it, the key probably comes down to is what I really, where my heart is. And if you just want to keep going, and sometimes it's going to knock you down, you don't have to lay there for a minute or two. But the key is your heart and where you want to keep going. So that help any? I mean, any other questions, comments? Just Lisa, you got anything to say or add? Or? That's um, and that's kind of one of them things that you have to decide. You want to stick with what's going to make you the happiest. So, flat tire. Both of y'all got flat tires. Awesome. Well, I am going to leave this at this moment since we're at that time. And if there's any more questions, just shoot it at me. And I'm sure we can dig some lot more at this because cause here's the thing. I think a lot of the hang-ups can be big subjects. Unforgiveness, addictions, all these different things we deal with in life. So, But anyway, all right, we'll take a break and... Uh, We'll come back up later.